Good morning, Sanctuary. <clears throat> My name is Edrin, one of the pastors here, um, and I'm grateful again to have this opportunity to stand before you. Um, can we give Joseph and our worship team another round of applause, as well as our band? Thank you, brothers and sisters, for how you lead us in worship every week. We are so grateful to have you. Um, I, I also just want to say a word of uh, congratulations to, to, to uh, Crystal as she transitions to D.C. Uh, Crystal's actually going to become a part of the staff at the National uh, Museum of African American History and Culture. So she's not just... <laughs> She, she's not just moving to D.C. for the go-go music. Uh, she, she <laughs> that might be a part of it, but uh, she is taking on an incredible position there at the museum. And uh, I know a ton of us have talked about going there and visiting that museum. So please look Crystal up while you're there. Crystal, we will miss you. Uh, you've been a blessing to our church. You've taught all of us so much. Um, so thank you for the way you've been present in our community. I, I'm finding more and more that's, that Minnesota is really a transient place. Like, like a number of things will bring people here for a season. And I want us to continue to be a congregation that celebrates people while they're here because quickly God will move them on to some other place. And I hope that their testimony leaving is that sanctuary was a home for me while I was there. And so let's continue to, to be the kind of people who welcomes strangers um, and makes them family and then blesses them as they go away to be where God has called them to be. Um, I, I want us to jump back into a series that we actually began on the first Sunday of May called Sent Ones. Sent ones. It's a, it's a look at the book of Acts, particularly the, the early chapters of the book of Acts, as the believers there um, lived their lives and began their life together post-resurrection. We were asking the question, how did the early believers, the early followers of Jesus live after he ascended into heaven and left them to live out the mission of the church? And so we, we started on the first Sunday. Pastor Mike kicked us off. Um, in May, and then we had an incredible Mother's Day uh, service where Pastor Rose and Leah Fulton led us in an incredible panel. So we paused the series that week. Then last week we had a candidate message, so we paused the series uh, last week as well. And now we want to jump back in for just one more week into this series called Sent Ones from the Book of Acts. And so if you have a Bible, uh, if you would open your Bible to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Uh, beginning with verse 1. It also appear on the screens, but I do want to encourage you, even though we put it on the screens, bring your Bibles. When you're coming on Sundays, bring your Bibles. I'd love to see you taking notes, marking it up. Don't just take my word for it. Like, I, I would love for us to be a church that increasingly is able to open up the Word of God and see what God has said to us and for us together. So please bring your Bibles when you're coming on Sunday. Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse number 1. We're actually going to read through verse 30. So let's read that together. The priests and the captains of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name do you do this? 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to men, to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished that they and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem know that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anything in this to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him. You be the judge. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in, in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you have you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Again, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Speak out your, stretch out your hand to heal and perform wonders and signs through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Brothers and sisters, for a few minutes this morning, I want to speak from the topic of spiritual boldness. Spiritual boldness. Boldness is an ability to take risks, to show confidence and be courageous. But this morning, I want to call our attention to spiritual boldness which is very different than the boldness that we see in this world. Spiritual boldness is more than being extroverted or having a lot to say or being filled with opinions. Spiritual boldness is, is not rude or pushy or insensitive or based on popular opinion. 
When I talk about spiritual boldness, I'm talking about the call that you and I have to live courageously in light of the resurrection. And so in this season, as we consider together what sanctuary will be, I'm asking us to become a place of spiritual boldness. I'm asking us to be bold as individuals and as a church. The boldness that I'm calling us to is to live courageously, to live out truths of our faith, even when the culture advocates for something very different. Here's a quote. Spiritual boldness pursues the truth, works to destroy lies and error, and speaks what is right regardless of how terrifying such action may be. Brothers and sisters, are there any of you in this room who have experienced terrifying faithfulness? where being faithful was frightful for you, where it will cost you something, where people you thought would turn away from you, they would call you holy roller or Bible thumper. Have you ever found yourself in that place? My prayer for us is that increasingly, when we find ourselves in those moments when it would be easier for us to shrink back in our faith, that we would become more spiritually bold and actually lean forward into our faith. Where our faith is concerned, a little boldness goes a long way. Jesus tells us that faith, a mustard seed worth of faith can move mountains. So imagine what it would happen if the little boldness you feel within yourself gets linked up to a little boldness from the person sitting next to you, and that connects to the boldness of a person on the other side of this room. What could we do as a community if we were just a little more bold where Jesus was concerned. I believe that the kingdom of God would break through in new and tangible ways here in North Minneapolis, in the Twin Cities, and in this state. And so, brothers and sisters, I'm encouraging us to be a little more bold because a little boldness goes a long way. Perhaps you're here today and you're sitting on the fence. You're not sure whether or not this charge to be more bold works for you. Maybe you have tons of questions. I want to invite you to look again to this text from Acts 4. You see, God's word is a gift to us. We encounter God in God's word. And today we have this incredible grace of being able to open the scriptures and see a community of people growing together in boldness. Boldness is not new. Boldness was a way of life for the earliest followers of Jesus. You see, the resurrection granted them confidence to be bold, to go and be even when their lives were being threatened, even when they faced persecution. These brothers and sisters chose to be bold, and I'm encouraging us as Sanctuary Covenant Church to be bold in all the same ways. I want to share four quick things about boldness And then we're going to go outside and enjoy the sun that we've been waiting for all week. The first thing I want to share today is that boldness. Amen to that, brother. Hey, I'm trying to get out there, too. Listen, listen. Boldness is a public endeavor. Boldness is a public endeavor. In in order to understand Acts chapter 4, you have to actually look at Acts chapter 3. Peter and John are going to the temple And they encounter a brother who has been lame since birth. He has never been able to walk. This brother asked them for some some money, some resources. This had been his practice. He would get every day someone to bring him to the temple to receive donations from people. Peter and John say to him, 
we don't have any money, but we have something that's even more valuable than money. Look at Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Walk. Peter and John are just going to the temple to pray, to share. And they meet this brother and they heal him because they share the gospel of Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection. They speak boldly about Jesus there in the temple. And the crowds see this man being healed and the crowds run towards the miracle. They run towards what's happening in that moment. And and rather than Peter and John being afraid in that moment as the crowds grow and come around them, They grow in boldness and they share the gospel message. Peter says to them, brothers, if you're wondering, why why are you staring at what has happened? If you're wondering about this power or the godliness that we've shared, it is the power of Jesus Christ who you just just crucified by which we're able to do this. These brothers put their life on the line by testifying about Jesus. Because in the crowd are the very people who were responsible for Jesus' death. Imagine for a moment, as hard as it might be, to imagine us as a congregation being persecuted physically. And imagine that one of our leaders, myself even, lost my life in the midst of sharing the gospel. Would you be courageous enough the next week or a few weeks later to go back to the very place where my life was lost for the sake of sharing the gospel. These brothers went right back into the lion's den after being delivered, and they shared the faith. My encouragement today for us is just to remember that boldness is a public endeavor. It's cool that you have received Jesus in your heart. God bless you, but it can't stay there. It's cool that you feel something when we sing these songs, but it can't end there. Boldness is a public endeavor, and boldness says that both our actions and our words matter to the kingdom of God. Peter and John reminds us that what's in our head matters. Yes, what's in our heart matters, but it must eventually get to, into our hands and our feet and into our mouths. I want to say this like my grandmother would say it. If God has saved you, you've got to show some signs. The invitation for each of us today is to be a bit more bold about our faith. Boldness is a public endeavor. Boldness also flows outward from the Holy Spirit and from time with God. That's the second thing I want us to see today, that boldness flows outward from the Holy Spirit and from our time with God. The religious leaders who had heard this testimony of Peter and John came and they inquired about the authority that gave them the right to speak these words. And Peter and John made it clear that their boldness did not come from them. It came from a divine source. Acts chapter 4, verse 8, Peter says this, or the text says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, says to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this, that you you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, 
whom God raised from the dead, and that his, this man stands before you. He would, Peter and John, named clearly the name of Jesus when it would cost them everything, even their life. But they say, we don't do this on our own. We don't do it just because we're brave. We do it because of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm here to tell you today that the strength, the authority, the ability that it takes to live boldly as followers of Jesus does not come from simply trying harder. Don't, don't hear me saying today that you need to leave this place and just act more holy. Walk in a certain way. Carry the biggest Bible you can. That's not what it means to live boldly. In fact, I want you to stop trying so hard to be holy and trust that the Holy Spirit is making you holy in his ministry to you. Boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us and calls us to be, causes us to be bold wherever we are, but boldness comes from time with Jesus. So the question for us is not how holy can you act, not how many verses you can quote, but have you been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus? One of the ways that a rabbi is known is by the way his, his pupils behave and carry themselves when the rabbi is not with them. Jesus is our great teacher, our rabbi. He is not with us in the physical today. But when you go to places where you go throughout your week, are you carrying the dust of the rabbi with you? Are you more known as a follower of Jesus or a follower of Cardi B? Who, who, who do people know you more by? Whose spirit do you, do you uh, carry when you go into these places? Is the spirit of Jesus on you wherever you go? That's the question. Boldness flows from the spirit, and it flows from time with Jesus. So the question is, how might I in this season spend more time with Jesus? Boldness is the public a public situation, a public endeavor. Boldness flows from the spirit in time with Jesus. But relatedly, closely, uh, is boldness revolves around prayer. Boldness revolves around prayer. Acts chapter 4, verse 23, after these, these brothers had been threatened by the, the leaders of the temple and the religious leaders there and told they should not speak the name of Jesus anymore, what do they do? Verse 23 says, on their release, they go back to their faith community and they pray. They had done a miracle. They had spoken boldly. They are threatened, and they pray. And what do they pray for? They don't pray for protection. They pray for even more boldness. Prayer and boldness go hand in hand. You pray for boldness. God gives you that boldness. You pray, you, you, you act boldly, and then you pray, God, give me more boldness. We are called into this cycle of prayer and boldness, prayer and boldness. When you don't feel like what you can do on your own is enough, you pray, God, don't protect me from my enemies. Give me boldness to stand before my enemies. Boldness is a public endeavor. Boldness flows from the Holy Spirit in time with God. Boldness revolves around prayer, bigger prayers. Perhaps that's our, our practical challenge in this season, that we would pray bolder prayers. 
Perhaps that's the only thing you need to remember from this service today, that in this next season of sanctuary, I want to pray bolder prayers. I want us as a church to pray the kind of prayers that others in the community would hear about them and say, that church is full of crazy people. I want us to pray for the kinds of things that can only happen if God showed up and led those things to coming to pass. Can we pray those kind of prayers in this season? Prayer is a public endeavor. It flows outward from the Spirit. It revolves around our prayers. Lastly today, boldness. Boldness requires radical generosity. Boldness will require radical generosity on our part. Acts 4, chapter 32, all the believers were in one heart and in mind. No one claimed any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. We've used this passage often to talk about giving and generosity. And it almost seems out of place after talking about boldness and persecution and prayer to talk about giving. But it makes perfect sense because our unleashing, our generosity unlocks God's generosity as well. Our our giving tells God that these folks are trusting me enough to give up the things that they value. And so God often will bless us with more because of our generosity. Uh, Imagine this picture of us coming to the temple every day, coming to church every Sunday with stuff in our hands, hands full of stuff, holding on to it, not willing to give any of it away and saying, Lord, bless me. Hands behind our back, Lord, bless me. God can't bless hands that are clenched tight holding on to stuff that we don't need. So the encouragement today, if we want to be bold in this next season, is to give radically. And I'm not just talking about money. If you have encouragement to give, give it radically. Open your hands and give it away and watch God give you even more. If you have time to give, give it away radically and generously and watch God bless you with even more. If you have wisdom, if you've gone through some stuff, stop holding on to that wisdom and give it to some folks and watch God give you even more. I want to be bold. And one of the ways God's going to see that I'm willing to be bold is that he's going to see me giving away the stuff that I value. I can't bless full hands. So brothers and sisters, in this season, be willing to give something. I don't know what it is you want to give. I don't know who needs it to be received, but give it. Watch God bless you because a little boldness goes a long way. I want us to do a little dreaming exercise this morning. What would your family be like if you were just a little bit more bold? What would your street, your neighborhood be like if you were just a little bit more bold when it came to Jesus? What would our church be like if we were just a little bit more bold, a little more willing to just stretch out in worship and don't care who's looking at us? I had a brother tell me a couple weeks ago, Pastor, I I, want to say amen when you're preaching, but my body just won't let me. (laughs) 
What would it look like for us to just be a little more bold in worship? Get the ugly face. It doesn't matter if people are looking at you or not. God's been so good to us. What, is, what would our city, our schools, our businesses look like if we were just a little more bold when it came to the things of Jesus? Brothers and sisters, a little boldness goes a long way. And I'm calling us in this season to grow bold. Here are a couple questions that can help you as you try to practically grow in boldness. Number one, when you look at your faith today, how would you assess your boldness? How would you assess your boldness? Number two, what biblical examples of boldness resonate with you? I can't tell you how much this book is a gift to us. This book is a gift to us. I love God's word. Brothers and sisters, we don't have to guess. God has given us his word as a guide. Get into this word and see how God is calling us to live and be as his people. I love all the cool stuff about our church. I love all the things that people brag out there about our church. But you know what I want us to be known about? By the way we faithfully follow after God's word. All that other stuff will fade away. There will be a newer, hipper church somewhere soon if there's not already. But God's word, our faithfulness to God's word is what will sustain us. What hurdles are getting in your way? of living boldly as a follower of Jesus? What are the things about you right now, about your life, that you can just be honest about? This makes it hard for me to live faithfully and live boldly. Confess those things to the Lord. He already knows them. But confess those things to the Lord and begin to work to move them out of your life. Lord, I care too much what people think about me, so I can't live boldly. Lord, I have too many questions and doubts, and I'm afraid to ask anybody about the questions that I have, so it's hard for me to live boldly. God, sometimes it feels like the things you're calling me to do are weakening me, and they're taking away all the things I've worked hard for all my life. Confess the things that are getting in the way of you living boldly. Lift those things up to God, and God will begin to move those things out of your way. And then the last question, what are a few steps that you can take this summer to live and lead more boldly. God has blessed us with an incredible mission and vision as a church. But we won't reach it unless every person who sits in those seats out there decides to begin to step forward to live and lead boldly. And you can live and lead boldly without ever stepping on a stage like this. The introverts in the room said amen. But we need all of you to live and lead boldly so that we might be the people God has called us to be. I want to call our worship team back up as we pray and prepare to get out of here. But I've just been burdened incredibly this week um, with just a sense that we as a church have to grow in boldness, that there will be some things very soon that will challenge the core of who we are as followers of Jesus. And if boldness is not a part of our life, we will crumble and fall. 
So I'm praying for your boldness and for mine and for the boldness of our church that we might speak with courage the words of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. You have called us as your own, as your sons and daughters, those who've been called out of darkness into your marvelous light. And God, you've not just called us to sit and pontificate. You've called us to live faithfully in the world. God, there are many times when, like Peter and John, we will be called to be faithful right in the midst of powerful people. And you and called to be faithful even when the public opinion is something different. So would you help us, God, to grow as bold followers of Jesus? And here's, here's the specific boldness I'm asking for that we will boldly do the things that God has called us to do, that we would boldly proclaim the words of God, regardless of what it costs us. Father, you love us, and you've called us to this. So I know that you are with us. I know you are for us. So, Lord, we celebrate what you're going to do in advance. I thank you for what this church will become. I thank you for what we are becoming. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.